0: this is healing for the nations with pastor carl lewis this program is designed to help you build your faith in god's word receive his healing delivering power and experience god's best in every area of your life jesus is the same yesterday today and forever regardless of what you may be facing his word and power are available to you today
1: Thanks again for joining me on our broadcast, Healing for the Nations. Real pleasure to have you. We're going to look again at the something we started with, with in this uh, series, and that is the goodness of God. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus begins his ministry with these words, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so we see there... Every statement Jesus made, really six platforms to what he would enact and what he would carry out in his earthly ministry, we could really categorize them. They're all good things, and they, they all reveal the goodness of God, the intention of God, the goodwill of God to mankind. Again, he said, I'm called to preach good news to the poor, to preach the deliverance of the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the, the acceptable, the favorable year of the Lord, And that's one of our emphasis here, or really the emphasis of this broadcast, is really to communicate to you, to emphasize the goodness of God, that regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what's happened in your life, regardless of the challenges you've made, the mistakes you've made, the sins you might have been embattled with, God's intention, God's desire is good towards you. He loves you supremely, and that's why he sent Jesus, was to give you a second chance, to give you an opportunity to get right with God, to be be restored back into right relationship with him as your heavenly father, and so you can experience his good will and good plan for your life. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says that the thoughts I have for you are good, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. That word thought also means plans. So God has a plan for your life, and that plan is good. In fact, you're reminded also there was a woman caught in in adultery, and what was Jesus' we could say word of encouragement? to her, after we could say restoring her and helping her to understand the goodness of God, he says, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Was God's plan for her sin? No, because sin leads into death and destruction, but he won't let her know, listen, you've a- experienced all of this sin, you've experienced all of this curse, but my plan for you is good, not evil. And I want to encourage you today as you listen to this, Wherever you, whatever life has caused you right now, wherever life faces, you know, your found in life right now, God's plan for you is good, not evil. He is a God of restoration. So again, I'm here to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance of the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, because God is saying that towards you today, the thing is this, you need to believe that. You need to put faith in what God says about you at this time. Now, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, I'm going to read this. It says, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves know. We could say this. What are signs, wonders, and miracles? They're displays of the goodness of God. Oftentimes, people have had such a hard time times such difficult challenges. I've had faced so many disappointments. They feel, well, I've done something so bad that that's the end of my life. That's my lot in life. I've made my bed so I've got to sleep in it. And God says this, no, I want to I lift you up. In fact, in the Psalms, he says he raises the poor out of the dunghill. It causes those that have been downtrodden to be lifted up. Now that is always God's plan. In other words, it's not as bad. Well, your life could not be so bad that it's not restorable. In other words, it couldn't be so bad that God's good hand cannot restore you. In fact, in Isaiah it says this: God's hand is not short that He cannot save; neither is He heavy that He cannot hear. He's just looking for you to, to reach out to him. In fact, in Romans chapter 10, it says this call upon me and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things which you know not. Well, that's Ezekiel 33 3. But he says, but he says in Romans 10, call upon me. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall not be ashamed that word ashamed means shall not be disappointed so God's a good God but he needs you he's not just going to arbitrarily just come against your will he wants you to reach out to him because of his goodness and because you know because I'm telling you today according to his word his desire is plan for you is good not evil now in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 Uh, the Apostle Peter who walked with Jesus says some astounding words when he really recounts, he gives a summary of the ministry of Jesus to the Italian brethren of the first people who would would receive Jesus outside of um, Israel and outside of Samaria and he says this in, in encapsulating Jesus' ministry he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and that he went about doing good See, underline that word or really highlight that, underscore that in your mind. You went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So again, he went about doing what? Good. So in that scripture we see two things. We see where goodness comes from and we see where oppression comes from. So goodness comes from Jesus, the Son of God. Oppression comes from the devil. It's really, so it's nice and clear when you've got that in your mind that oppression comes from Satan and goodness comes from God. Again, J- Peter saying how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the holy spirit and with power he went about doing good now i'm saying this because in hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 it says this jesus is the same so jesus the anointed one the same yesterday and today and forever which means if he was good doing good back then he wants to do good in your life today again whatever you're facing if you call upon the name of the lord he'll be there We've heard different testimonies of God answering people's prayer. Why? Because they responded in faith to the goodness of God. They responded to a God who cares. They responded to a God who is not judging them because his judgment was placed on Jesus for us, but a God who cares about you. Why? Wanted to bring you back into right relationship. Again, his plan for you, his plan for your family is good, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Will you take him up on that today? Believe in him. Trust in him. Now you see the word trust, that is a it's a verb, but it's an action word. Where well, you say, I'm depending on God's word. If He says He's a good God, if He said His plan for me is good, not evil, to give me a future and a hope, then I'm going to believe and I'm going to take that. I'm going to rest upon what He said. The way you depend upon a, a trusted lawyer, a trusted doctor, someone in authority, you trust their words because of what they know and because of their authority. Well, how much more you can trust the Word of God? How much more you can trust a God who says, I am your Father because of your faith? In the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now I'm emphasizing goodness because goodness it, it portrays the character of God. It means he's immutable, is unchangeable, is reliable, is dependable. It means is is when we say good, when someone is good, it means we we like their character. It means everything they do is done from a right intention. They don't do things with themselves in mind, they do things with others in mind. They're not doing something from a selfish point of view, but what they do is done from a benevolent character, heart, motivation, intention, and desire. And so similarly When we talk about the goodness of God, we want to elevate in your mind, if you'll know that the God we serve, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, is a good God. And in fact, I'm going to read another scripture. In Psalms 136, verse 1, it says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. I'll go on down a little bit. Verse 2 says, Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, so God big G and then of God small G for his mercy endures forever oh give thanks to him who alone does great wonders for his mercy endures forever to him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. Then it goes on down and it, um, it details all the acts and all the, all the abilities and all the displays of God's power, which were demonstrations of his mercy, of his goodness, of his kindness to mankind. Now, the goodness of God was so important in the Old Testament with with God's dealing with the nation of Israel, who had a demonstration of God's goodness in delivering them from Egyptian bondage, he wanted them to be always aware, always conscious, that his intention, his dealings with them, was because of his good nature. And so this is part of the Psalms, and you see this in a number of the Psalms where it was always talking about the goodness of God. The Psalms that were written by David, what were they communicating? The goodness of God, where someone was in danger, and what happens? God delivers them. So David, the, the psalmist, really communicated this very strongly. But something you might not know is this, that the part of the nation of Israel, they had tribes, the Levites, and they were dedicated to serving God and ministering to God and in, in making sacrifices on behalf of the nation of Israel to God. But part of the segment of the Levit- Levitical priesthood, part of their job was this. The, or they had individuals, they were designated or, or committed. Part of their job, their duty, was to offer praises to god 24 7. now obviously they couldn't do you know certain set of people couldn't do that all the time but they had a segment that would go in shifts or in rounds if you will so just like how we might work a seven eight hour shift that have some people all they would do in a certain shift would say lord you are good your mercy endures forever they would come off another set would come on what would they be doing same thing lord you are good your mercy endures forever, and they would be recounting back to God His goodness. Now, why was that important? Because of this, God knows He's good, but see, that in o- enough isn't not good enough for it to work in our lives. The people. They he had to have people who'd be saying that back to God to let them know, let God know that they know that he's good. And what that would do, it would release the power of God's goodness in their life, resulting in signs, wonders, and miracles. As I leave this segment today, I want you to be mindful that God is good. I want you to take the time right where you are to say, Lord, I'm thankful for what I've heard today. You're a good God. You didn't cause evil in my life because you're not tempted with evil and you don't tempt anyone with evil. But Lord, I acknowledge you today as a good God. You care about me, you love me, and I'm dependent upon you to work in my life. And I expect your goodness in my life today. I encourage you again God is good is mercy towards you is good now in third John chapter 1 verse 2 the Apostle John says this beloved I wish I pray I desire above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers I'm impressed again today to really um, co- really instill upon you to come really compel you to believe what the Apostle John said or like I said before that he was not speaking, this was not just a young minister, this was not just someone who just came out of Bible school, this was not someone trying to impress someone with some new theology. The thing is, this was this is an aged man on the Isle of Patmos, an elder in the church, someone people looked up to, uh, one of the oldest apostles actually lived with Jesus and saw Jesus' ministry. And so he says this, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Which means this apostle was communicating the heart of God. He was not speaking his own words, his own desires. He was being led by the Holy Spirit when he was speaking to those who would hear his ministry and hear him say this, I wish, I desire, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health. You see, God knows that one of the things that that can hold us back in life is ill health. You know, if you know what it's like to have a sickness or a disease, or to be on a sick bed for a long time and you can't do things or have people waiting upon you, uh, that's not a good position. It's, not a, it's, a, it's, a really, it's a negative situation that holds us back. We're grateful for those who love us and will take care of us, but you know you're limited in what you can do. You're limited in what you'd like to do, even in doing things for God when you're not well. And so John, hearing and communicating the heart of the Father, says, Beloved, I wish, I desire, above all things, that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And I believe this is important for me to share with you. It's important for John and it's important why it's in the scriptures because God doesn't want you to think that, you know, well, I shouldn't ask him to heal me. No, healing is a provision. In fact, Jesus says this in, in, the, in the Gospels, says healing is the children's bread. I could say it is their right. It is something that belongs to them. It is a provision from the Father to his children. And I'm going to take you to this scripture today in Mark chapter 5, verse 21, and read, uh, really... a. Uh, one of the stories that really dictates and really shows and really communicates the heart of Jesus, who was a demonstration of, of God the Father. So it says this, And when Jesus passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered to him, and he was near to the sea. And behold, there, was come, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and he besought him. Greatly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray, Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now, a couple points here is this. Here's a man who has a daughter, obviously, he loves his daughter, and she's at the point of death. Now, why would he go to Jesus? To ask him to to lay hands on, on her if he didn't believe, if he didn't have a conviction that it was God's will to heal his daughter. You see, I said before, faith begins where the will of God is known. The first thing you must know in order to receive the healing that belongs to you, you need to know that God's will is for you to be healed. God's not schizophrenic. He's not, he's not thinking, well, yes, I want to heal them today, but I don't want to heal them tomorrow. Remember we talked about God is a good God. His character is unchangeable. His will stays the same all the time. So his will is to heal. That's why I kept saying what John the Apostle says, that it is, God, I, it, I, I wish, I will, I desire above all things that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prosperous so we see here right here a great example where in the ministry of Jesus this man this leader of the synagogue Jairus comes to Jesus and he says some powerful words I love the way he comes to Jesus said Jesus my daughter's at the point of death that's what I've been told and she's sickly she's about to die but if you will come you lay your hands on her she will live she will not die now you notice he doesn't say this Jesus come try to pray for her and if it's God's will, she'll be healed. Now see, that's where a lot of people get robbed of their healing and what God belongs to them because they put the if in there. They say, well, but, but what they're really saying is this. They're trying to be humble, and I understand it, but they're trying to say, well, God, it might not be your will to heal. Now, Jairus never, never said that. If he did, his daughter would not have been healed, would not have been healed. He said, Jesus, you come, lay your hands on her, and she shall be well. Now it tells us another thing is this, the condition of his daughter was not what determined her healing. Because some people will say this, well, if it's something that's difficult, then, you know, maybe it's within the realm of God to heal. Something that's really small, that's pretty simple, he can do that. Something that's really, really difficult, like cancer or something like that, well, of course, we don't know. No, this man said this, even though my daughter's at the point of death jesus you come lay your hands on her she shall be healed she will live it was absolute now what's interesting is this it says in verse 24 20, yeah, 24 jesus went with him now did you know jesus would not have gone with him if he didn't make that statement see your words attract god's power which means the wrong words can repel God's power now are your words drawing God's power to you or against you See, in fact in Malachi it says this your words have been stout against me your words your words can push God away your words can draw the things of God to you or they can pu- or they can push those things God's will f- are from your life so our words are very important Again, Jairus came with the right heart, with the right words to Jesus when he said, Jesus, my daughter is at the point of death. But you come, lay your hands on her, she will live. Now this is, this is again, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever you might be facing, God's saying to you today, my power is not changed, but will you come like Jairus and say, Jesus, I'm here. I believe you're a demonstration of God's will. You are the will of God in action. I believe, Third John 2, that I, it is God's will that I prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers so God wants, God's given us his word because it's not just a a theological book. It's not just something we do and we just go through the motions on a Sunday or whatever your religious day is, but he wants you to actually believe him on purpose. See it's faith in his word that releases the power of God. It's faith in what God has done and what he will do. It's faith in what he says. His word is his character. He says he's not a man that he should lie not the son of man that he should repent what he said he will do now think about this if god ever lied our universe would 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 explode it would it would self-destruct he says he upholds all things by the power of his word so I think about this god whatever he says is sustainable what he says is dependable his character is completely reliable he never lies and if he said it is my desire that my will that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers then i'm telling you he can be depended upon you can count upon him to minister healing power into your body I've said this story before, but again, it does bear repetition. That man pr- coming to this meeting, where I had the privilege to minister, and different others coming into this meeting—a man with lupus in his head—and this was in England, uh, near the um, near near the Erdington, Wood Wolverhampton. In fact, had lupus in his head. Other people had different conditions in their body. One woman had a at a growth on her leg but the thing is this, they came with faith in God's Word. It wasn't so much faith in me but they came with faith in God's Word. They believed that Jesus is still the healer and over 90 percent of those people received an instant miracle in their body. Why? They believed not just of a Jesus in the past 2,000 years ago but they believed in the resurrected Son of God who is still healing today. See, God's still in the healing business, but you need to believe what he said about you, and you need to speak in line with his plan for your life. So again, look at the words of Jairus. Regardless of what his, in spite of his daughter's deathly condition, he comes to Jesus and says, I pray, come lay your hands on her. Now, Jesus, all I'm asking you to do, come and lay your hands on her. Now see, and he said, and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live now can you see the communication of his faith it was not just a matter of faith in in Jesus laying hands but it is in faith that what he said as long as Jesus did it the power of God would be released in his daughter's body that's what he got as we're gonna read later on but your words are important don't come to God with if it's your will And somebody said, well, of course I should pray if it is will. The only place Jesus prayed if it was your will, the only place, is when he was dedicating himself to the will of the Father. When he said, when the pressures and the weight of the sins of the world was coming on him, in Matthew chapter 26, you see that, when um, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, And what does he say? Facing the pressures. He understood Satan was really coming in and putting all the the pressures of of the world was coming on him. He was about to take our place of judgment at the cross. And what does he say? Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. In other words, let this season, let what I'm going to go through, let this trial, let this cross, let it pass me. If there's another way, please let it come. I mean, he didn't want to die no more than you'd want to die on a cross like that. But he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Only place he ever prayed if it be thy will. And what many people have done, they've taken that one prayer and they've included it in every prayer they pray. That's why most people who pray that way, they get very little answers in their prayers. Why? Because they're not prayers of faith. Again, let me say it again. Jesus prayed that prayer, if it be thy will, only when it came to determining, to, de- to dedicating himself to the will of God. So in this time, w- you can pray that prayer if you're not sure about, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? What, what career do you want me to pursue? You might have a certain inclination to go in a certain direction, but then you can say, Lord, I'd like to do this, but if it's your will, If there's something else you want me to do, show it to me and I'll do your will. So it's a dedication of your will. It's a consecration of your life. That's what that prayer, if it be thy will, it's a prayer of dedication, a prayer of consecration to the plan and purpose of God for your life. But you notice, we don't see Jahiris praying that way. He did not say, Lord, if it's your will, come lay your hands on my daughter, and she will live. Doesn't say that. Said Jesus, come. My daughter's a point of death. Come, lay your hands on her. She will live and, she, and she'll not die. That's the plan of God for you today. To say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you. You can pray a simple prayer. Lord, I've heard the word of God today. I heard that you, heard, you healed Jairus' daughter. In fact, the scripture says he's no respecter of persons. And I heard today... That it is your will that I prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. Now, if that's you today, we're willing for you to pray for you. Call our prayer partners, we'll pray for you specifically concerning that specific need. If it's something in your body that you need removed that's not right in your body, God's power will be released on your behalf. Why? It is God's will that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers and he is the same yesterday today and forever
0: a peaceful mind is part of God's plan for your life keys to a peaceful mind with pastor Carl Lewis will teach you how to overcome worry and develop a mind that is full of the goodness of God titles include a peaceful mind worry is negative meditation a worried heart is a troubled life and think on the goodness of the Lord For a gift of any size, please call or write to request your copy of this four-part CD set, Keys to a Peaceful Mind.
1: If you're in the Toronto or greater Toronto area, I welcome you and personally invite you to join us for one of our weekly services, Sundays at 11 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the address on the screen. I really believe that you'll be enriched, encouraged and strengthened by the ministry of God's anointed word as well as by the fellowship of other believers who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I
0: look forward to seeing you. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.